good food um just chilling i'm your boy quattro back on the mic what are you doing it's your boy slick rob no introduction needed let's get to it yeah man it's just us today kevin schnell has some prior engagements but it's all right we gonna have a lit time with this episode but real quick let me do this real quick you can follow us on instagram at cafeteria talk official you can follow us on twitter at cafeteria talk and look hey if you happen to listen to us on the Apple Podcast app. Feel free to leave us some five-star ratings and reviews. Help us get noticed. Uh, help us get higher on those lists so we can get more accessible for you, the people. But, uh, yeah. How you been, Rob? Good, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Just chilling, working. Working on a working on a series right now. But, yeah, everything's good. I like it, man. I'm, I'm chilling, man. Just working, grinding. Always the grind continues, as my friend Sergio would say. The grind always continues. But tell me um, about this little thing we call a put-on segment. Yeah, so every time we have a thing out here at Cafeteria Talk, we like to tell you what we've been watching, seeing, listening to that we think you, the viewers, the people, the people should be checking out. And I'm gonna go first since I'm already spilling and talking. I'm gonna put y'all on the Black Klansman. That's Black Kate Klansman. It's a movie that was directed by the GOAT himself, Spike Lee. A Spike Lee joint, baby. A Spike Lee joint. It had Adam Driver. It had Denzel Washington's son, I think. John Is John David? John David Washington, I think that is. Yeah. yeah. And it even had Laura Hare and Sophia Grace. A very good movie. It was even produced by Jordan Pills. That's another famous like you know, celebrity out there that helped produce that movie. Very good. Hilarious. Had serious, but it's a very hilarious movie. Almost can call it a comedy, even though it's like supposed to be very in-depth and serious. It was a very take on a man that's trying to infiltrate and take down the KKK, and he tried to use tried to use a Jewish officer to go undercover as a KKK man, and that was Adam Driver. He was my star of the movie. Yeah. Awesome, man. I, I, I've yet to see that movie, but I do need to see it because I really like Adam Driver, and I need to see uh, the new Spike Lee joint, of, of course, because I can't wait to see his new one. Uh, the Five Bloods, which comes out, uh, it, I think it's out at this point. The time this episode drops, but yeah. definitely can't wait to check that movie out. Um, I'm gonna put y'all on a movie. I've been doing a, a kind of A24 uh, deep dive watch, kind of trying to watch all the A24 films, and I I came across this one film, Free Fire, starring oh directed by Ben Ben Wheatley, and it's got it's got a pretty star studded cast: Brie Larson, Army Hammer, Cillian Murphy, Jack Rayner, uh, Sam we- Sam Riley. Uh, Michael Smiley, Noah Taylor, Babu Cisse. It it's so interesting. It's like, um, it's basically a gun deal gone wrong, and so they're in this um, they're like in this abandoned building, and the entire hour and a half long movie, they're just like having a shootout, and it's so it's so funny because like you would think there'd be like more story or like the end of a drug deal or something, but no, they're literally in a shootout, and like only one person comes out. I'm not gonna spoil it and tell you who comes out yeah. alive, but. I've seen the trailer. It's pretty good. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's not long at all. It's an hour and a half. 
Um, it's funny. It's the like I said, that star-studded cast offers some really good dialogue and kind of interesting character moments. Even though a movie that doesn't have too much of a story, it still had interesting character moments, which I thought was really cool. Um, I ended up giving it an eight out of ten table score on uh, Cafeteria Talk, um, and I think I gave it three out of five stars on Letterbox D. You can check me out there. Call, uh, follow me at Quattro Cuts uh, on Letterbox D. But y'all not here to listen to us spiel about the 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 movies we've been watching. Y'all been y'all here to listen to us talk about one thing and one thing only, or ten things at least. Yeah, our top ten. WrestleMania moments. As you guys know, uh, if you've been following us, me and Robert are avid wrestling fans. We love it. We love it. We don't care if it's fake. We still love it. And WrestleMania is one of the biggest events that is in sports entertainment. It's held with hundreds of thousands of people from like 60 different countries. People come and watch some of the biggest moments. And we're here to count down our top 10 biggest moments personally. There's ton. WrestleMania has been going on for 36 years now. We can't possibly have catch every single moment. We're only two people. But we try to do our best to get some really good moments. And you know what? I'm going to let Robert go first. Robert, tell me about your number 10 pick. My number 10 pick. Oh, Lord. Close my phone. Doom. But anyway, my number 10 pick is going to be in WrestleMania 24 in the Money in the Bank ladder match. When Shelton Benjamin, who's mainly, I think he's only competed in Money in the Banks at WrestleMania, but I believe he was Intercontinental Champion at the time or something or whatever. He was ascending on top of the ladder. And he basically was ascendingly trying to grab the briefcase. But, like, everybody basically that was in the match literally was tugging. Mm-hmm. Tugging on the man. And all you see is there's a ladder ascended right between the railing of the security break and the ring. All you see is Shelton go doom, doom, doom. And he flops over in the most... Funny fashion, because oh. Shelton sold it to his, his eyes, was, which, honestly, I don't think that was much acting. I think that nah, was actually it, just it, straight because <laughs> I know that hurt. It, like, it was crazy. They stood there for a good, I would say, it was a good 30 seconds. The match, everyone just stopped and watched. I think they were trying to make sure the guy was okay, because dude just stood there, like, laid out, done for. And just was done. And I'm just like, oh my God. Did I just see that? And WrestleMania 24 is one of my favorites. And that's one of my favorite moments when Shelton Benjamin went through the table. WrestleMania 24, Money in the Bank ladder match. Wow. I'm going to go for not, for my number 10. Uh, it's from WrestleMania 33. It's when Naomi becomes the, the SmackDown Women's Champion after uh, taking out Alexa Bliss by submission. It's just this, this moment was so big for me because I follow Naomi... Uh, since she was a Funkadactyl, uh, Total Divas, and to see her like her go through that, trying to get the glow thing off the ground, and really work to get to this moment was huge. And to see a black woman win the championship at WrestleMania is just a kismet moment. Like it, that's just cherry on icing on the cake. Um, and it was a she did a great job too. She did, it was a great match. Um, but definitely my number ten moment is just her winning that 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 championship belt. It was her first title reign. And then she would lose it uh, to Natty, I think. And then she'd win it back at Elimination Chamber the next year. And she's also had another WrestleMania moment where she won the, um, I think it's the Mae Young Classic Battle Royal. I think she did, yeah. And she won that, I think, at the next WrestleMania or or WrestleMania after that. But yeah, definitely Naomi winning the championship. That's good, that's good. My number nine, I'm going to go when the Hardys 
Jeff and Matt Hardy when they had their classic brother versus brother WrestleMania match. Ooh. And the moment I'm going to give it is when Jeff, I don't know what was going through their minds when they were coming up with what they're going to do for the match. But when Jeff Hardy decided to place a table on top of the table his brother was already sitting on, mm. go to the top and just dive off, go through that table and then collapse the table that his brother was in. I'm like, mm. it just showed why they were called the Hardys, like Team Extreme, basically. Them boys did not play and they were just like, the match was just gas, by the way, but, and when Jeff finally put Matt down, it was so, just so. Who's the older brother? Matt's the older brother. Okay. And, you know, it was just a very, one of the, I think it was, that was Jeff Hardy's last WrestleMania before right. he ever actually came back. And the two actually, you know, returned big with the big yeah. Wrestle, whatever, WrestleMania, I think 32, 33, yeah. whatever. That was Jeff's last WrestleMania. And no one really knew, was he coming back to WWE or not? Right. And that kind of launched his whole little spiel with CM Punk before he left. So, just Jeff Hardy, Team Extreme. Yeah, yeah. I really like, I really enjoyed that match. Um... The fact that they went as hard as they did and as extreme as they did, I mean, it's like you said, it's it's Hardy Boy fashion. I mean, what you can't expect less from those two performers. My number nine, uh, it's gonna be from WrestleMania thirty five. It's gonna be the it's gonna be when Triple H retired Batista. Yes. That match there, man, they went balls to the wall, beat the hell out of each other. And it was so funny. It was like, um, you knew Batista was probably gonna get put over because you yeah. know you got Guardians going on. But the fact that they sold it so well, like Triple H was tearing him up. He was like, uh, well, you like I've always lived in your shadow, like this, this, that, and the other. And Triple H Triple H is one of those one of those older performers that I like really look up to because he's like the only one who really can still have like a 30 minute match and still be like five. Like Brock Lesnar's matches be like five minutes, Goldberg's matches be, be short, even Taker's matches Taker's matches have gotten short. Yeah, but, sadly. But Triple H is the only one that seems he can he can do it for the full 20, 30 minutes. Him and I mean the way he was beating him with chains, kendo sticks, chairs, pedigrees on stairs, going through tables, getting flipped. And the beast ain't no small dude. The beast is he pushing it good two seventy. That's, yeah. that's a big dude. So he was they were rocking with each other, and I really just enjoyed that match. That that whole WrestleMania was just a mood. But Triple H retiring Batista. And Batista finally getting put over by like somebody who he considers a really close friend. It was like an also a great thing about that. Yeah, honestly, what I really loved about that is how Batista. That's why I say he's one of the greatest mm-hmm. of all time um, performers in WWE because the way he was just able to sell the promo. Mm. The remember the night the Monday before the match, he literally walked out. Didn't say anything on the mic. It was just a pitch spotlight on him. He points to the screen, and all you see is he's done everything except beat me. You see all these flashes of Batista putting over Triple H, putting over Triple H, and all you hear is Hunter kiss my A double S. Like, and it's just music goes. So Batista was walking in with so much swagger, and like, yeah. And the fact Batista was able to come back after almost being out there for like out of for like almost three years, yeah, and just sell it. He looked like he ain't lost a beat. Except, well, you know, he he does jujitsu like for his in free like for his free time. He just yeah, like a purple belt. except for when he walked in the ring, he definitely lost a step there. But oh, Lord. but yeah, when Batista did that, I was just like Batista. Then Triple H just Triple H finally got his definitive WrestleMania moment because Triple H was on a little spill of losing WrestleMania matches outside right. of Lesnar, so 
he finally got back on the winning curve, and that was very good to see. And Triple H just sold it. So yeah, definitely. Love I can't wait match. for Triple H's like retirement match at WrestleMania. That's gonna be huge. And I would, I, I really wonder who will put him over. Like for real. I, I mean, Cena maybe. I don't like. It's so like up in the air who who that could be. But uh, moving on, number eight. Mine's gonna come from WrestleMania 34. Uh, it's gonna be when Ronda Rousey debuted in a mixed tag team with Triple H, Steph, Stephanie McMahon, and Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, that was one of the biggest debuts in WrestleMania history. Uh, Ronda Rousey had been rumored to come to Wrestle to come to uh, WWE for a minute, and she finally makes it. And they had built up to this match between with her and Kurt versus uh, Steph and Triple H, and that was actually a really good match. And then Triple H and Ronda Rousey got left in the ring together by themselves. And Triple H was like, you know what, F it. I'm about to take her out myself. And she starts fighting that man. And she straight was whacking him. It was... I remember sitting... I think it was at your house when I watched this. Yeah. And we were just going crazy. We were like, what? Like, Ronda Rousey's taking the Triple H? Like, oh my God. This is a moment. Ah, holy S. Holy S. Yo. An amazing moment. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. Watching Ronda Rousey just in general... When she did that, I was like, like, it felt like I felt a sense of the attitude era come back when women were fighting the men. In fact, Ronda Rousey just straight up, like, that whole match was just gas. But Ronda Rousey, she had a big moment where she told Triple H, bro, come here. And Triple H like, okay, bro. And she, boom, boom, boom. We was all going crazy. Definitely. Just wild. But yeah, Ronda Rousey's WrestleMania moment, getting that fight was good. My number eight is one of the most historic. I think it's a big picture of WrestleMania history is when, um, Hulk Hogan lifted up Andre the Giant. Reason being, because this was kind of got me into being a wrestling fan, no cap. Um, Because my dad, he watched wrestling back in the day. You already know what the deal is. And he told me, like, when I first started watching wrestling, you know, it was is what it was. But my dad was like, you ever seen Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant? I'm like, no. Mm-mm. But I used to always constantly see that clip at the for the promo for every show. Right. And I was like, I finally watched a match and... It was the fact it was 93,000 people, the most seated WrestleMania in history. Wow. And Hulk Hogan... And for 93,000 people lift up Andre the Giant, who's bigger than Big Show. Yeah. RP to Andre the Giant, by the way. Just pick him up and I think that's yeah. where the irresistible, they say the irresistible force meant the immovable object. Yeah. And he literally, the irresistible, was able to move the immovable object and Jeez. slam him on the ground. Yes. Just the shot, the people, the, the it's just gas. I know there, there couldn't have been a roof left on there after that was done. No. WrestleMania 3 goes down as one of the biggest WrestleManias to ever. It is the biggest one. 93,000 people. Yeah. I mean, that is huge. But as we continue on, uh, my number seven, WrestleMania 24, Shawn Michaels retires Ric Flair. Bruh, that's my number seven too. It is that that match. Just the buildup, the the whole uh, allusion to old Yeller. And Ric Flair, you know, he's been doing this a very long time. Like, I mean, he's the man. To beat a man, you got to beat the man. And uh, he 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 alluded to old old Yeller and Shawn Michaels was like I gotta take old Yeller behind the shed and, and take him out, and just the build up to that match and then we get to the match, and it was a dog fight. They like Ric Flair wasn't going down without a fight. And then the ending, you know, the people forget WWE is just is is sports entertainment. Yeah. You literally uh, are supposed to be watching uh, the hero and the villain face off, and the the hero wins. And we just watched two legends go at it. The the kind of it was Ric Flair's a little before Shawn Michaels this time. He was already like the man when Shawn Michaels came in. Yeah. And to see like the the old the new generation versus the the old generation was just awesome. And that that final that final sequence, man, like you know Ric Flair's back up on his feet. Shawn Michaels is in the corner queuing up the queuing the band, 
and he's like, I love you. And he sweet chins uh, Ric Flair to hell and pins him and hugs him. And it, he gets that, that, that walk back to the, to the back, man. Just, oh, just like getting full thinking about it. That, yeah. that was such a match. Yeah. And like, it was so sad. It was just sad at the end. But you know, Flair, when he, um, it's just when Flair went and kissed his family, Flair waved goodbye. And Flair's entrance, literally Flair's entrance was just whew, the the biggest robe I've ever seen Ric Flair wear. The most spa- sparkle, shiniest ever. He just straight gas, And it was, oh my God. And just when Sean tuned up the band and he said, I'm sorry, I love you. And he, like, it almost was like an illusion of someone basically cutting. They basically sent him a loved one on their deathbed and they're cutting life support off. That That's almost what that felt like. Watching Shawn Michaels just kick him in the face, then pin him and go to the back and walk so slowly. It was so... It was just gut-wrenching, man, and oh, oh, that was just... It, it, was a beautiful, it was a beautiful match, but that was your number seven, so I guess I'll go ahead to my... Actually, you go ahead to your number six. My number six, one of the gas, most gassiest entrances in WrestleMania history. When Cena versus Triple H, WrestleMania 22. Triple H already, who's a king of entrances, by the way. Oh, I think yeah. Triple H has the best entrances of all time. Probably it probably go him maybe take her then I'd give it to Cena third. Yeah, when Cena did that whole thing because this is whole stint. Chicago don't like Cena. <laughs> Chicago can't stand John Cena. John Cena, who's hated in Chicago by the way. I don't know why he's hated in Chicago. They used to love him doing the ruthless aggression era, but that's another here nor there. He pulls up and he does this like big history montage thing and all that and just. And you got all the people, the the people with the limos and all that coming out. Right. You got CM Punk's cameo with the gun, which was gas, by the way. Mm. And then you just got when Cena come out with that gun and everything. He boom, 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 <laughs> And then he blow that bed. He start walking to the ring. He take off the robe. He walking with the. T- I was like, bro, Cena all about the business. And he walked straight down, staring Triple H dead in the face. He's like, let's do it. Let's get this popping. Let's get on and popping. That was, was that. Was that the main event? That was the main event of WrestleMania. Who's the champion? Cena was. And Cena retained. He made Triple H tap out. Which oh, is kind man. of along with, with the moment when he actually... Because Triple H had never... Oh, he only tapped out twice. I think they said Triple H has only tapped out twice, but he never tapped out at WrestleMania. Yeah. You made one of the greatest of all time, Triple H. Tap out. At WrestleMania. Jeez. And the only other person that's done that is The Undertaker. Yeah, and it was just like... Seeing Cena do that... And seeing Cena hold up the championship at the end and people booing him and he just yeah. like, I don't care. I'm still the champ. Yeah. And that entrance, he basically told everybody, you can love me or hate me, I'm still finna rock. Like, it was just gas. Yeah, that's always how Cena's been. Like, you know, Cena sucks. You Cena, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Like, it just, Cena is a divisive character, but he just, he know he's just gonna go out there and entertain. Facts. But my number six, The Undertaker reti- retires Shawn Michaels in a streak versus uh, career match. That final, they had already set it on fire at WrestleMania 24 with their match against each other. And to go next year and Shawn Michaels being like, I'm going to beat you. Like, I only I only care about beating you. And like, he even like uh, interfered in Taker's match for the title in the Elimination Chamber to get the match. And Shawn, Taker's like, I'll take the match, but I'm going to get that career first. And Shawn was like, bet. And they went at it. I mean, they won match of the year last year, and they probably won it the next year because they went so hard. Mm-hmm. And to see Shawn Michaels wrestle his last match 
and Taker, you know, be the one that put him over was just the icing on the cake. I love that match a lot. And it, it's it's all about that emotion that was that was in there. Like you could tell Shawn Michaels was like not having it. He he wanted that streak. Taker wasn't finna let that happen. Taker 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 streak lived on. I think he was what? 14 and 0 after that? Around that 14 and 0 something there. like that. Yeah, it was and I like their twenty, the WrestleMania twenty five match a lot better just because of the entrance, you know, like the entrance played a bit, but you know Shawn Michaels for his last match, you know, it was just very um, man, Shawn put his all out there. He showed why he was Mister Rainier, the Mister WrestleMania, the showstopper. And when he sat there, he basically he told Taker, he basically he when he, when he was getting up and he did the the rest in peace motion to Taker, and Taker was like, oh. Yeah. Let, 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 let me show you how it was. And he just. Tombstone. And then Sean was just, he was done. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, it was just so. I couldn't. I couldn't just think about it. I'm like, oh my God. What did I just watch, bro? Like, Taker really just put this man's career. Like, he just said, all right, I'm tired. Like, I, I, I gotta. I love you, but I gotta put you out. Like, and Taker did it relentlessly and he didn't care. Such a. Just such a good moment. And then, you know, the, the, the Monday after that, Sean. Shawn Michaels has left the building. Yeah, Shawn Michaels has left the building. It was such a sad moment. It was sad. I mean, he's he's Mr. WrestleMania. That man, like, every moment you could have, Shawn Michaels has had it. He won the title. He's won yeah. he's won Money in the Bank there against um, uh, Rick Rude. Not Rick Rude. What's his name? Ravishing Rick Rude? Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. Oh, he's won, he's won a title against Ravishing Rick Rude. It was some other... It was, and then when he beat Bret Hart. Yeah. Oh man, that you, you just made, I know this didn't happen at WrestleMania, but that's made me think about the Montreal Screwjob and how crazy that is. Yeah. But um, do we at number five? Oh man. Okay, so number five, uh, it's kind of a weird one. So it's WrestleMania twenty eight, kind of as a whole, but uh, which is a little back, a little backstory. So the reason I'm really into wrestling, I mean, I have watched stuff. I have watched stuff with Robert all the time uh, before this. Um, I, I know like who all the wrestlers are, but I wasn't like a consistent week to week fan until WrestleMania 28. And that was when Rock and Cena had their match. And so Facts. I watched WrestleMania 28 with bated breath. And one of the main things that really set the tone for me, uh, in terms of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 28 and why it's on my number five list, list is team Johnny versus team Teddy. Facts. And team Johnny was John Laurinaitis and his team of superstars from raw and, uh, team Teddy with his, with his superstars from SmackDown faced off in a tag match and either team either John Laurinaitis or Teddy or Teddy was gonna be the general manager for both Raw and SmackDown. Yo. And the winner the winner, which was John Laurinaitis, Team Johnny Raw, set the tone for one of the greatest, greatest authoritative storylines WWE's ever had. People power was literally like if Donald Trump was like a GM in in uh wrestling. Which he was People, at one point for a day. Yeah. People wanted to hate him. People loved to hate John Laurinaitis so much. He was an annoying character, which was great. And he, the way he would like terrorize Teddy and SmackDown and other superstars. Like I remember one time he uh, fined Sheamus five hundred thousand uh, dollars for something he did. Uh, him and his his mic skills with Cena um, when he got like all the conversations he had with Punk, The Rock. I mean, he pissed everybody off. Fired The Big Show, five hundred pound man, middle of the ring, boo crying. Boohoo crying. And that that whole match just set off a chain of events all the way up until No Way Out, which was like in the middle of a little, little bit after SummerSlam. And it just was 
oh, just a great, a great, a great time to come in as a wrestling, a week to week wrestling fan to see just what John Laurinaitis had had in store for you. Yeah, and I think that also played into the fact of the growing of the Nexus, if I can remember, along those lines. That was right after. Right after, like, we already got the glimpse of what... Well, Nexus was sort of like a, I would say, like, more of like an abolitionist group, if mm-hmm. you want to be, quote-unquote, with historical terms. They were an abolitionist group that was trying to come in and to get power, but when John Laurinaitis came in, it was more like dictator. Yeah. Boom. In your face. This is what it is. And I loved it. I loved it. Cena, that's when Cena had one of his greatest stints. You know, Cena. And plus, I think that's what made Cena that year. That was a good year for Cena. Even mm-hmm. though Cena had just lost to The Rock, he got the hell beat out of him by Brock Lesnar, even yeah. though he won the match. But when Cena was able to come in, basically as the Captain America type thing and come in and like... It kind of reminds me of when Captain America kind of dismantled like shit when he got oh when he realized it was over Hydra. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it relates Cena when he came in with taking down John Laurinaitis and them just straight gas and like I love it. But we are on what number are we on? Right. And one of the oh actually I, there's a couple more matches I talked to about WrestleMania 20. It's like kind of like as, as we're a on whole five thing. right. I just want yeah to make sure five. five okay. And then uh, also Triple H versus Undertaker the end of an era match, just beautiful. Shawn Michaels was the um, special guest was the special guest referee, and they went at it in Hell in a Cell. Uh, last time they were gonna face each other at WrestleMania, literally the end of an era, and they went at it. They they fought for almost fifty minutes. They were going ham, dog. Like uh, I remember when uh, it got to a point where they were doing the close calls at the end of the match, and Triple H hits pedigree, and then Shawn Michaels uh, sweet chin music's Undertaker, and then he, he pants and he still kicks out. One, two, get up. Oh, my God. That what was... are they going to do to put him down? Like, even I was sitting there watching, like, bro, how is the streak not over? I'm saying, like, bro, what, like, what is this? Like, that's literally the, the grandeur of the streak. It was just like, bro, what? Like, superstars had to be like, yo, what do I have to do to take this man down? And that's why I love that match. And then the last one, of course, John Cena versus The Rock. Two iconic uh, figures at the time. Still are. In the ring, uh, literally the face of the company through the Attitude Area, Attitude Era, and the face of the company through the PG Era, uh, and the Ruthless Aggression Era, John Cena versus The Rock. A great match. I really enjoyed that one. I was glad The Rock won it. I was not a big fan of John Cena. Still, still not a huge fan of John Cena, but one of the biggest matches to ever happen in WrestleMania, for sure, was John Cena versus The Rock. I'm going to say, and I still say, I think WrestleMania 28 was the was one of the last really just really strong and just great WrestleManias. I agree. Because of just of how story was built. Rock and Cena's thing was built almost over a year. Think about yeah. it. And just, you know. It started at uh, 27 when uh, he interfered in the match against the Miz. Yeah, we had literally, that WrestleMania told the division of collides of generations, Rock and Cena. Um, power, power struggles between John Laurinaitis and Team Teddy. And then you had the end of an era. It was literally the end of an era. Undertaker and Triple H. You couldn't go no longer than that. And then you had... Was WrestleMania 28 Edge's last WrestleMania? I think it... No, 29 was. But Edge and Chris Jericho, two staples, two legends going at it. So much and just... Yeah, yeah, but... All right, number... I um, I, I do I do want to say, though, I felt like... um, One last thing, like... The, even the ending of the Laurinaitis story at No Way Out with with Vince McMahon, uh, with John Cena versus John Laurinaitis in a match, and then John, then Vince McMahon firing John Laurinaitis was like the best. Loved it. Oh yeah. But uh, are you you're number four. Or I'm going number four. I haven't done my number five. Oh my bad. Good. I'm sorry. Good. You number five. My number five is 
one of our favorite, one of your favorite moments of all time, Edge, Mick Foley. Yes! When all you see is Lita clock that man Mick Foley in the back of his leg with that barbed wire, and yes. all you see is she sprayed the water, and then all you see is fire. Ooh. Edge goes through the, through, through the rope, spears Mick Foley through the fire pin. One, two, three. I was oh. like, what is going Hell up? of a match. That match... Is the match I credit to me being a wrestling fan. I watched, I remember we, I spent the night at your house. And that morning, we watched that WrestleMania. And, you know, I was I was riding with it for a minute. I seen Boog- Boogie Man and all that. Yeah. But then something about that Ed versus Mick Foley, man. I was just like, I glued to the TV. I'm like, oh my God. Like, are they really, is he going to put him through the, oh, oh, snap. Like, I was going like Shanua hype. I was Shanua hype for that match. I couldn't understand just... And see, Mick Foley, I know Mick Foley, he's the king of hardcore, and he would do absolutely anything, absolutely anything. But seeing Edge, first of all, Edge popping out, he didn't have the long, Edge didn't have on the long classic jacket. He had on a straight leather jacket, mm. leader walking behind his side, and then he walk out with a bat. I said, oh, then yeah. got real. Edge is about to go down. Edge was ready. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, was that Mick Foley's last WrestleMania match? Yes. Yeah. Foley, look, Foley picked the right one. Like Foley usually Foley is known to usually lose all his matches, but he usually is the star of the match. Right. It them two sold it. It's just when Edge was getting up, Edge out here looking like shivering, just can't even barely walk. <laughs> I'm like, this man really just went through fire. Went through hell. And, and I'm just stone. thinking the fact of the fans, they can smell that. I bet you they smell that for the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. Easy. I mean, just big old dude just going right through this thing. Uh, my number four. Man, WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Gas. It's gas. I, 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 can't, I can't argue. The build-up. Let's talk about the build-up. Daniel Bryan has been like, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the face of the company, you would think. And it all goes back to SummerSlam, Survivor Series that year before. And he had defeated, was it, he had defeated John Cena. It was SummerSlam. It was some, that SummerSlam. Was actually- he had defeated John Cena for the title. He had got the title. He's won. And at the end of the match, Triple H, Pedigree, gives it to Orton. Orton cashes in his money in the bank. And it just was like, yo, what? Daniel Bryan had to get his moment. And Daniel Bryan comes back. And, he, and this whole feud with him, Triple H, and the authority starts. And they're like telling him, "You're not a, you're not a, a face of the company. We can't let you have the title. You're not a face of the company." And it just fueled Daniel Bryan because he's been told this his entire career by the Miz when he came on as a rookie and uh, tough enough, and then he got cut and he came back and he's always been like he's been the underdog and they called him Goat Face and they make fun of him, but he got this Yes movement started and everybody was Yes, 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 and he starts getting this Yes move behind him. I'll never forget when they were talking junk about him in the ring and he came out. And, like, everybody from the crowd came out and was doing Yes Chance, had the T-shirts on. And it was just huge. And that movement, things like that, those championship matches with, like, the, that big following make it all the much more sweeter when they come back and win it. Yeah. And um, the the promos, one of the best promos I've seen, the music was great. And just him talking about, this is my moment. I'm going to be the champion. And the build-up, because it was like, Triple H was like, you have to fight me to get the chance at the main event against Batista and Randy Orton. And uh, he ends up he ends up beating Triple H, um, and then gets to go in the main event in a pretty grueling match. Like Batista and Randy Orton were not giving him giving him the business; they were beating him down. Even when they like picked him up, 
Batista Batista bombs and Orton comes in for the RKO into the table. He still got up and finished the match, and he wins it, and it's great. His wife was there, and he also dedicated it to. Uh, oh, why am I missing his name? It was that uh, young, sick young man that uh, had leukemia, and he passed away. Yo, right? I think either right before or right after. I think he was there. I think it was right after. Right after, and it was really sad to see that happen. But Daniel Bryan winning that World Heavyweight Championship was just beautiful. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, without question. All right. Row number four? Yes. My number four is uh, another entrance, but this one has some serious significance to it. So, The Undertaker had just, um, basically, the build-up towards this was Kane. Kane basically helped Vince McMahon beat The Undertaker in a buried live match. This one, Undertaker was still the American you-know-what. Yeah. And it just, the reason why this is such a special moment because of how it correlated to WrestleMania of this year, the return of the American Bat, you know what. But basically, the American Bat was basically put to the grave by Kane and Vince McMahon won. And you know, Kane, for those few months, I buried my brother. He was no longer the dead man. He was stupid Mark Calloway, this gangster. Who does he think he is? I destroyed the Undertaker. So Kane was going on this whole charade for the longest and then... Signs of Undertaker started happening again, and my fa- and one of my favorite buildups was when Kane was at the Royal Rumble, and it's one of my favorite Royal Rumble moments. It's when you hear like a three, the three nine, and then three, two, one, mm, and then you hear a doom. Kane is startled. He's scared. He's going crazy. He's looking around the ring. It's at the Royal Rumble, and Undertaker doesn't walk out. There's no, there's no entrance of the Undertaker. He doesn't come out. Yeah. But Kane's so startled, it ended up costing Kane the eliminate. Kane gets eliminated, and Kane was on a roll. He was eliminating people, and then basically, Undertaker that mindset. Undertaker got in Kane's head. Kane's seen everything. Kane's like, I'm not afraid of you. I will destroy you. I'm calling you out. WrestleMania, let's do. It was just so. It was just the chef's kiss, my guy. It was too good. Ugh. And then Kane's still thinking. Undertaker not going to show up. He's not going to show up. And it's just after Kane does his entrance, fire and all, WrestleMania 20, Kane had a gas entrance. And then all you just know is, all you hear is, oh, no. And Paul Barrett Barrett walk out with the urn. He's shaking his head like, oh. Kane looking like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. And then you hear the, the Druids got the fire. That's the entrance when the Druids was holding their fire like this and Undertaker's just walking out. And he had that crazy little T. That was the man. Taker, that was the best part of WrestleMania. Just hearing that, like, the, the guy he's fighting is coming out with this, this banging interest. He's he's hype. He's ready. Everybody cool to that bell tolls, boy. When the bell, and whom when the bell. When that first hit, that boom, it's over. Like, and then, all, your, all your fear literally leaves your body. You just like. Uh, he walk out. He go to the ring, and it's just like it's just like stop motion. Kane sitting there, he hasn't blinked once. I don't know how he did that, but Kane did not blink at all. Yeah, that whole five minutes, Undertaker walk to the ring, Undertaker take off the jacket, the all hat. quiet, everything. And it's just the fact Kane, he starts moving around, he blinking, he like, and it's just so gas. Undertaker stood there like a statue, like a statue, and Kane's like he going over to just try to like pretend to touch Undertaker. Undertaker just standing there like this. Mm-mm. And the Undertaker, boom, just start going ham on Kane. They deliver a good match, and then Undertaker beat Kane, gas. And then that correlated to when he brought back the American bad, you know what? Now, when AJ Styles was like, I will stop Undertaker, 
He's like, what's up with him? And like when he brought back the American Bad, you know what? And he buried AJ Styles. Yeah. I just love how that was like a little callback to that WrestleMania moment. Yeah. It was just, just gas. It was gas. So my number three happens to be at WrestleMania three, and it's a it's a event that you've already talked about. Hulk Hogan versus uh, Andre the Giant, and when Hulk slams Andre the Giant, it's just it's a huge moment because it was like. Back then, I felt like the the WrestleMania matches were definitely more hero versus villain. Yeah. And, like, there was a lot more emotion. Like, you know, Hulk Hogan is, like, the American dream, like, in a person. Like, he is America. And to see him, you know, take out this, this like... Because wasn't Andre the Giant, like, German? Yeah, to take out German, and, and probably right around the time, like, World War II was either finished, right? World War II was finished. It was a good 30 years after 30 World years War II. After. But there was that thing that some Nazis had came into. Um, yeah, the Red Scare. The Red Scare was kind of going on. And uh, to see that that happen and the emotion that's carried behind that moment. Because like you said, it was the irresistible voice versus the immovable object. And to see him pick him up and slam this man was one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history. That's why it's number three on my list. But you're number three, my friend. Uh, yeah, definitely number three. Oh, hold on. My number three is when everyone stood still, no one talked, no one said anything. Oh, man. When Brock Lesnar oh. hit that F5 and all you hear, you just see Paul Heyman outside. Oh, my God. Oh, oh hello. I don't even think he knew that the streak was going in. Yeah, I think Paul Heyman was just sitting there like, you hear, what? Because I think, yeah, he didn't know because all the times they kept going back and forth in the close calls. Paul Heyman, he almost stopped. He's just like. And then he just stood there like, um, hello, what's going to happen? You hear one, two, three, and just, literally. this is a WrestleMania moment because of the crowd, like you've said before. It literally went silent. When the crowd just, it was just so crazy. Because I remember, I bet my dad, it was funny, I bet my dad like $20. I'm like, bro, Undertaker Street, and my dad like, he ain't going in the street. I'm like, bro, it's ending. Homie shaved the head. It's ending, my guy. <laughs> That was and I got my I did get my monies I got my coins by the way yeah but I, I was upset I was like damn it really bro it I, just it it was I remember sitting in the in the in the I was at a friend my dad family friend's house and we're watching Wrestlemania and like the match is going on it's going good Lesnar hits that at five he hits the first two and I'm like okay he's gonna kick out of these like he's kicked out of worse was that third one though the way he went down I was like yo he, he, is he he's not gonna kick and he goes, one, two. And I'm like, all right, he's about to kick out. Three. And I'm literally just like, what? Did this? Like, literally, people were talking. Because, like, really, at this point, like, you you pay attention to the WrestleMania matches for Taker. But, like, you know Taker's going to win in the end. And, like, people are, like, literally talking and kind of just doing their thing, watching, half watching the match. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear, like, wait, what? Huh? Oh, my God. And, like, nobody could, like, believe it was real. It just was like. 21 and 1, are you serious? Like, the, the streak, it's over. But here's my problem. So, so it's not on my list, right? And here's why. Because I felt like it was it was sad. I was happy to see the streak and, you know, like every, all good things come to an end. But then Ticker came back for the next WrestleMania and the next WrestleMania and the WrestleMania after that. And I just was like, if he was going to keep coming back, why end the streak? I feel like if you're going to end the streak, let that be the final match. Let somebody put him over for once and for all. Because Lesnar's still wrestling. So Lesnar could have easily done it when he's about to retire the next couple years. So, like, just go ahead and just get it done now. But that's the only reason it's not on my list. Because, like, the, the moment is kind of, like, muddled now. Because he had... It, it's not over. Man, that's crazy. Now I'm looking at this. 
His entrance for that mania was gas, where he had all the bodies, all the yeah. caskets of everybody. Undertaker was being a straight bad, you know what? Like, oh yeah, I'm the GOAT. You're not gonna beat me. Fuck it out like that. And it just, oh my God. Man, that was That was a match, man. Like literally, like you said, Heyman sold it, man. It was crazy. I was like, no forget what after I wanna see the referee's reaction hitting three. Like that had to be like a crazy behind moment. That ref must have got paid a lot just to hit that three. I'm just saying. Bro. My number two, and you've already mentioned this also, Mick Foley versus Edge, man. Like I said, that match is accredited to my reasoning to be a wrestling fan. I love the fact that I got to watch that match. And it was just so hardcore. That's what wrestling, I miss about wrestling today. There's no more blood, gore, no more barbed wire bats and uh, firing tables. Like, everything's kind of too safe. Which, I mean, it's good for the people, but like... Bring that stuff back, man. It, it, it like for somebody who like never really watched wrestling like that, and then for that to be like their first match, like yeah, that that was the one. Uh, it was so it was so dope. And Mick Foley, well, that was my big introduction to Mick Foley, and I went back and he's one of my favorite wrestlers now. Uh, and Edge, I've always loved Edge. You've always loved Edge. That's your boy. So yeah. love that match. Number, you're number two. My number two, man. And you already mentioned this. And it just still has resonance on me today. Cena versus Rock. I, it, 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 it's just, it was just something about seeing the dream match finally, finally, finally come to light. Like, yeah. fi- just seeing it finally happen. It finally registered. I'll never forget. Like, I was just like, wait a minute. I'm like, this is really happening. And I remember I could, I didn't even finish that WrestleMania. I, I wasn't even able to watch that match. Because like I had to, I was at somebody's house and I had to leave because I had school in the morning. So they're like, you gotta go. I was like, yeah, I can't watch Cena versus Rock like that. But it was crazy. It was on the radio. Yeah. WrestleMania on the radio. You usually didn't get that. Yeah. This WrestleMania was different. So we were listening to it and I'm just I'm hearing it and everything. My mama, we driving. My mama, we get to the crib. It's only about 15 minutes into the match. I'm like, mom, can you just leave the car run? I just sit here and I sat there. I listened yeah. to it and I was and when hearing Cena. Cena, Cena's trying to mock and do the um people's elbow. I'm like, dang, this is just going crazy. My job got school in the morning. I didn't care. And all I just hear is rock, boom, I hear one, two, three. I was like, oh, oh. I said, wait a minute. I said, oh, the rock me, Cena. And it's crazy. Cause I was big. I only, only reason I picked Cena, cause I was like, I thought it was gonna be where Cena beats Rock and the Rock comes back, but it yeah. was the other way around. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I really didn't run a part two. I didn't. I thought the one match was good enough. I did too, man. The dream match was there. It did. It was. The Rock was the big reason John Cena was even relevant in WWE. Just saying, but yeah, I was just like, man, like, come on, like, this really just happened, and I couldn't even think straight. Like, WrestleMania twenty eight, just a huge it's WrestleMania. Up there. It's one of the biggest ones, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, so these are our honorable one honorable mention uh, per the both of us before we get to our number one, which I have a very strong feeling our number one is the same, but. My honorable mention, WrestleMania 33, the Hardy Boys return. It was so unexpected. I'm literally watching, them, watching, just watching the tag team match go on. And then I hear the music and I'm like, wait, I reckon I... Holy crap, what? No freaking way. Facts. Because like I had missed the era where the Hardy Boys were in kind of WWE because I wasn't a fan yet. So they were already kind of phased out. And I was like, man, I wish I had seen them. And then they're back. And my, me and my brother are going crazy. We're doing the dance, the TV. Like It was just a huge moment to see them come back. To in a WWE ring because they had been a TNA Impact like other WrestleMania wrestling companies and I was like oh they're never gonna come back and then there they are live and in the flesh Matt and Jeff Hardy are back at WrestleMania huge moment loved it 
My honorable mention is going to be our boy, Paul. No, not Paul. That's Phil, Philip Brooks. Why well, I call him Triple H's name? Oh, CM, CM Punk. Punk. When CM Punk defeated basically eight other dudes to win his first Money in the Bank. And this is really what started the era of Punk, if you be honest. Mm-hmm. Punk was, he had his big stint in um, ECW, but Punk finally got... Finally, Punk finally got his recognition. He finally was able to stick it to the man. He won Money in the Bank, and when he cashed it in, it's funny, he cashed it in on Edge. Mm. And I remember the night, it was a Monday night, Edge was laughing, making all jokes, and all you see is Edge finna walk, walk out. All you hear is Batista's music go off. Mm. Batista walks, just pants on, in the boots, no shirt, beats the living out of Edge. Edge gets that two-piece extra crispy and shout out to Shannon Sharp for that saying. Mm. And Edge is just left lifeless and Batista's walking back to the back. And all you hear is CM Punk's people go crazy. CM Punk runs out with the briefcase but he stops, looks at Batista, keeps on running, runs in. Boom. One, two, three. Because he knows that's who he's going to have to face when he get done with it. And he beat, and he beats Edge and you're just like, what? Like Punk just... Punk wins his first major title, and then Punk is whole sh- that launched CM Punk into stardom. Yep. CM Punk is who he is. He is who he is. And it was just that is my honorable mention because honestly, CM Punk, WWE didn't notice that, but that was basically gonna be the face of their company yep. a couple years later. Yep. And he had that big moment. Two straight, and he wanted two straight years too. Yep. CM Punk is the one well, probably arguably the biggest star that WWE had. I mean, and they really kind of screwed the pooch with that one. Yeah. All right, man. We're down to it. We've been grinding for 45 minutes. We got our number one. And I feel like our number one's the same, but I could be wrong. My number one. This this moment, giving me chills just thinking about it. This will always be my number one WrestleMania moment of all time. No WrestleMania can ever touch this. This moment was too big. It's too big for TV. WrestleMania 35. Kofi Kingston defeats Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. The app, my... I oh my god right, Kofi Kingston has been in the, in this business for eleven years, never even sniffed the WWE title shot, and he's pinned the champion. I've literally watched matches where he's pinned the champion. I'm like, where is his match? Like he, he pinned Cena once. He pinned Cena. He pinned Orton. Like give me this man, give this man his match. But they always kind of had him like you know the baby face, and he would just kind of be in the background. He'd have cool matches, cool stuff at at Royal Rumble. He'd be in like some big Elimination Chamber matches, but like he never got the big one. And to see him with the New Day, and I've been listening to their podcast. Their story is incredible with Big E and Xavier Woods and that that collective and everything they went through to get that match. And it literally Kofi Mania, this this movement, and the fans getting behind it, and and him coming down and having an amazing match. If I was Meltzer, I'd give it a five star. Uh, with Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan having a perfectly technical match. Just going ham back and forth, back and forth. Brian, like, had Brian won that match, I wouldn't have been mad. Brian played a phenomenal role. He killed that match. Um, just that, oh my goodness. And then for the, for him to finally get that that final, they were just going ham. Bow, bow, bow. And then he goes in for the for the lapel lock. No, counter. Uh, Trouble in Paradise. One, two, three. And literally, the roof is ripped off the place. Everybody's going crazy. Literally, I've heard everybody that talks about it is like tears. Like my my eyes started watering. Like oh yeah, literally like every not a dry eye in the place because they know that it was like one like the Dan Bryan match at WrestleMania 30. It was so much emotion behind it because you knew 
this story, even though it was a story, it was real. Like, they had not given this man a chance, and he finally got his chance and won it in Mania. This black man, mm-hmm. his WWE champion, he's got his kids in there, his homies in there. And then when they get the title, and Xavier Woods and Big E sold this perfectly. They had, like, Daniel had that, like, fake behind, fiber made title. Yeah. And they, like, nah, this ain't it, this ain't it. They ripped the cover up, got the original OG title with Kofi's uh, stuff all already on it. And then he's crying, everybody's crying, just... Oh, a moment, man. I, I'll I'll forever remember that. I want my kids to watch that WrestleMania moment because it was so huge. Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Finally gets uh his due. The King finally gets his crown. And you know what? I do hate that he lost it to Brock Lesnar, even though Brock Lesnar's my boy. Brock Lesnar, he beat him too quickly, too. He beat him in like a minute. Like, it was so sad. But it, I really didn't want to see him get thrown around and get his neck broken either. So. Yeah. That's my number one. What's your number one, my friend? That was... It was a toss-up. Like, that was actually going to be my number 10, and then it was going to be my number five, and then it was mm-hmm. going to be my honorable mention. That was my original honorable mention, no yeah. cap. But I was like, we got to throw Punk in there, yeah. like, because Punk's our boy. Definitely. But that's technically was my second honorable mention. But my number one is only because it just... Because out of wrestling lore, mm-hmm. and of how good it is, I don't even know if I was alive when this happened. I think I... I'll probably, I no. I was about a couple years old. But going back and watching... Probably the best feud in wrestling history. Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. It, but WrestleMania 17, when Rock versus Austin. And that's when them two mm. were both faces. Yeah. This was Rock versus Austin, the two faces. Mm. Straight facts. Just the mic skills, the promo was so gas. <laughs> oh my God. And then when I see that, because I first saw this when I watched Stone Cold's, I bought his wrestling DVD of his whole career, like his three discs at... Stone Cold Steve Austin, some, some, some. I forgot the name of it. But when that was the actually last match on the tape, and like basically his whole career was built around his feud with Vince McMahon. And just seeing, and wrestling, they call WrestleMania 17 one of the big passing of the torch from the attitude to the ruthless aggression era, right. which is true. Which is true. It is, it is the passing of the ruthless, the, the, the attitude to the ruthless aggression. But seeing the few that dominated the attitude era the rivalry them two coming together to take down basically the star of the company the rock no one saw and it's crazy because vince earlier had just gotten beaten by his family that was the, that was where the whole family turned on vince that wrestlemania mm. vince come back out after basically was taken out on a stretcher he comes back out and helps austin beat the rock yes i was just like and it was just so cool the arena went crazy because Austin won in his hometown, which was gas. He won in his hometown of Texas. And just seeing the greatest, Mike, not Michael Cole, what's his name? Jim Ross's Jim Ross. greatest Mike moment ever. Stone Cold Steve Austin has sold his soul to Satan himself. I was like, what the hell is this? Jim Ross's best Mike promo what ever. What the hell is this? What and, the hell? And he and Stone Cold claps his beers with Vince McMahon. They both drink on the top row. Stone Cold holding the title. I'm like, um, I beg your pardon? Like, yes. And like, I think it's just so interesting. It was like, it's just such a good story. Stone Cold's greatest rival, The Rock, mm-hmm. versus his, it's basically his two greatest rivals basically in one match. Yep. And one rival helps dethrone the other. Chef's kiss. Like, you can't go no wrong. That's a good. That's a good story, and I think Stone Cold said that's his greatest match he's ever fought. So, shout out to him and 
one of the greatest endings of WrestleMania. Yeah, man. That that all all of these moments were, have been like shaping defining moments in WWE. Like they these really set the tone. Like the like the Team Johnny versus Team Teddy, Taker re- retiring Michaels. Like it all of this oh, yeah. was just huge moments, and that's why we love wrestling. That's why no matter how fake it gets, we always gonna be fans. And hopefully we get back to WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 28, WrestleMania 3, those really big moments. So they've been kind of downhill right now, but hopefully they'll catch a stride. But guys, that was another episode of Cafeteria Talk. Man, we hope you guys enjoyed this one, a little fun wrestling episode. Uh, Slick Rob, man, real quick before we head out, where can they find you? You can find me at Slick, without the C, underscore Rob, to be underscore on Instagram and on Twitter, Robert EW116. Good deal. And you can find me at on Instagram at Quattro IV with a period between the C and the U, and on Twitter at uh, RedClear317. Oh, real quick, let me ask you this, Rob, real quick. Um, what would you say is your dream WrestleMania match? Who would you like? Who would you pit together, pit against each other in a dream WrestleMania match? Mm. Right now, since they're living, and I wanted to see this for the longest, I want. Everyone know it's probably never gonna happen though. But if it did, I'll be all for it. Give me Dolph Ziggler, Shawn Michaels. That would be a nice match. Oh, they kind of said they teased that too, and it's oh, Ziggler needs his moment. I'm sorry, Ziggler needs his moment. Yes, I okay. I want to see. I got two. I want to see Edge versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania for yeah. the title. Yes, yes. <laughs> that that match would be disgustingly great. And also, for some reason, I've always wanted to see Bree versus Nikki Bella to see who would come out on top. Bree oh versus yeah, Nikki. Uh, but that would be it for me. Real quick before I end it out, man, check us out, me and Ty, on Brackets and B-Rolls, a new show. We're going to be talking about some uh, crime and gangster films, ranking and seeding those to see what gangster slash crime film reigns supreme. Follow us on Instagram at Brackets underscore B-Rolls. And you can follow us on Twitter at Brackets underscore B-Rolls. Love you guys, man. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, catch us next week for yet another episode. Love y'all. Do something for somebody. Cafeteria Talk. Cafeteria Talk.